Comics Crunch is back, and things will never be the same! Okay, so Matt. Yes. Uh, how much do you know about uh, Captain America's shield? Uh, a decent amount. Yeah. Vibranium, mm-hmm. indestructible, uh, or nigh indestructible, mm-hmm. rather. Um, hits, hits the bad guys in the face yeah. and usually comes back to him. Usually, yes. Um, iconic. Mm-hmm. More of a symbol than it is anything else at this point. Well, it's, it's very much a symbol, but... Um... Yeah, there, that's all very true stuff. Uh, but the story behind Cap Shield and the times where it has been broken are fairly interesting, I think. Okay. So we're going sure. to talk about Cap Shield and then maybe make some sort of magical weapon that can bonk off of people. Okay, so we're doing a Cap Shield. Yep, Neat. that's what we're doing here. Uh, so the story of Cap Shield begins with uh, Dr. Myron McLean, who is contracted by the U.S. military to find an indestructible alloy that could be used in tank production during WW2. Sure. McLean, while attempting to create a metal that was as strong as the mythical adamantine, uh, which is the material that, like, um, Hercules's mace is made out of in, in mythology and stuff like that. It's indestructible magic metal. It's also what Wolverine's made out of, right? No, it's not. No? Oh, no. okay. Then what am I thinking of? You're thinking of adamantium. Oh. This is adamantine. I see. Yeah. Okay. I did not honestly realize that there were two things that sounded that similar. Well, uh, adamantine is an actual an metal... An actual mythological thing. Yes, sure. Yes. And adamantium definitely takes its name from that, and we're going to get into that here. Okay. Uh, so, McLean began experimenting with a s- steel alloy that he had acquired uh, that was later known as proto-adamantium, which is the stuff that okay. laced Wolverine's bones, and a second unknown metal that would later be discovered to be Wakandan vibranium. That's okay. a retcon, but it, it works. Sure. Uh, McLean worked himself to exhaustion in his forge trying to get the two metals to bond, and they wouldn't do it. Like, they just refused to bond. Uh, so, while he worked himself to exhaustion, he passed out at his desk. And then that night, somehow, the two metals bonded in an almost <laughs> mystical way. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> it, they, well, they, they needed some privacy alone to, yeah. to learn the uh, kind of different... Um, things that they had in common with each other, right. learned that they had a future together, that there was something to explore there. Um, so they, they yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he was never able to reproduce the bonding process. Something happened that night that made the two metals merge and become a new alloy that he could never replicate. It could never happen again. No. All right. So, yeah, magic. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> that's what it's implied to be. Um, the ally was then... Poured into the shape of a disc, which was often believed to be like the cover of a tank, like the little hatch for it. Sure. But uh, it was instead of Frisbee. Yeah. And then uh, straps were fastened to it with titanium bolts. The shield was decorated in patriotic colors and was given to President uh, Roosevelt. Oh, all right. Who yeah, later, sure. <laughs> la- who later presented it to Steve Rogers Aww. for his service. Okay. Uh, Steve used the shield during the war and was with him when he was thrown into the Arctic waters and frozen. Yes, I think that's pretty common knowledge at yeah, this yeah. point. One of the funny things that I'm coming to realize about Marvel Comics and their sliding timescale is that, for one thing, Steve Rogers is the easiest character to bring into the modern day because you just have him in the ice longer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, because like the official Marvel timescale is like everything is 
10 to 15 years after the Fantastic Four first appeared. Like, that's the starting point of the Marvel Universe. Okay. Like, of, of, the, of modern Marvel stuff. Okay. Because of that, that means that the guy who unfroze uh, Steve Rogers was Barack Obama right now. Oh, okay. That's weird to think about. That In a couple years, it's going to be Donald Trump. Nope, don't like that. Yeah. Don't like that. That's weird to think that, about no, just because of the of no. the sliding time scale. Oh gosh. I although I could even I could see it like Donald Trump would be like we need this guy. We need this <laughs> we need this symbol of America. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. and then he show, shows up and he's like I don't know, that's a good comic right there. Yeah, you Captain could, America you could... wakes up and he's just like, You brought me back to, to save America. Yes, I need you to make America great again. And then Captain America learns a little bit about Trump and then Trump uh-huh. becomes new Red Skull. <laughs> <laughs> At, well, in one of the comics, uh, Trump became Modoc. Because <laughs> he's got a big head and teeny tiny hands. But isn't Modoc supposed to be smart? Uh, he thinks himself smart. And this was like... A, oh, okay, well then that's... Yeah, this was a universe where Modoc <laughs> was like running a TV empire. Oh, th- then... It works perfectly, he, doesn't it? Yeah, that's it's hilarious. Mm, <laughs> I <Yeah>. don't... Mm. <laughs> All right. But anyway, back to uh, The Shield. Uh, Upon his revival and admission into the Avengers, Tony Stark tried to upgrade the shield because that's what Tony Stark do, is he fiddles with shit. Yeah. Uh, And he installed some magnetic components that would give give the shield a greater range of control so that uh, Steve could, like, manipulate it more... In dis- at distances. Yeah, yeah. And it would, like, click back to his arm and stuff like that. They've kind of introduced that into the movies where it seems like it just attaches to his arm sometimes. Right, right. Instead of just, like, slipping on there like a glove. Right, right. Um, but the components threw off the balance from what Steve was used to fighting with, so he, he took them off. He's <laughs> just, nah. Yeah. Let's get rid of these. I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> the shield is almost entirely indestructible, uh, which is with odds at some of its earlier appearances in the Avengers. Uh, where it's sometimes shown to be dented or cracked. Sure. Like in dramatic moments, like, oh God, Steve's shield is cracked. We're, right. Things are serious. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the analog, and especially like in the, the later Marvel movies too. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. That's how they represent the defeat of the Avengers, is yeah, yeah. cracked or broken shield, because yeah. <gasps> that ain't supposed to happen. They leaned on it a little too much in the early days, Yeah, and they retconned that away by explaining that when that happened, Tony had borrowed the shield for analysis and experimentation and had given shield or given Steve a like loner shield <laughs> that could get beat up and no, broken. No, 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 You guys don't understand. That wasn't the real. That was a fakey shield. shield. This <laughs> is the true, true shield. That was a, that was a uh, model replica. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very destructible. <laughs> but the uh, actual shield has been damaged a few times. Sure. Because, well, I mean, it's comics. It has to be. Exactly, exactly. It, it's one of those things where it's, it, this thing is indestructible. Well, we're going to destruct gonna have, it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to have a story of it breaking. Yeah, yeah. In some way. Uh, the first time was during a fight with Thor, who was souped up on the Odin Force and feeling a little off kilter. Okay. Uh, Catnip so, for gods. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> so Steve absorbed a blow from Mjolnir, uh, and the shield was slightly dented. Slightly. They can, they can buff that out. It's fine. Well, yeah, that's basically what happened is a very apologetic Thor used Mjolnir to knock it back out, <laughs> which is kind of a cute thing. That is kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, and then la- later, during the original Secret Wars, uh, Doctor Doom, who had been infused with the power of the Beyonder, but not his shoulder pads nor Jerry Curl, managed to destroy a portion of the shield, but it was later restored when the Beyonder regained his powers and undid everything. 
<laughs> just okay. He hit the undo button. Yeah. All right. The control Z. Yeah. All right. This is the longest story about how the shield got damaged, and it got significantly damaged to, in this one. Uh, during a fight, she, uh, Steve lost the shield over the Atlantic Ocean, and was missing for several months while Tony Stark financed a mission to find it because one it was his friend's shield, and it's kind of an important. Symbol. Yeah, it's it's a pretty important shield. Yeah, yeah. How did like Steve? How would you lose that? You don't just. <laughs> I don't know. Don't you? Just... <laughs> I don't know the specifics of the fight. You just hucked it. <laughs> See how far I can throw this. <laughs> Like, I don't know if it got knocked, like, I mean, he got it disarmed had, it or something. Had to, or it had, something had to. Or if the guy who was fighting just grabbed it and threw it. <laughs> <laughs> just to be spiteful. Yeah. I mean, let's let's face it. If I was a supervillain, I probably would. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> that would be my It's a good way to get act. punched in the face by Captain America, which <laughs> well, I mean, is already I, happening. So. Yeah, if, I was, if I was already getting punched and losing, probably, right, right. I, and I had the opportunity, oh, absolutely, For I would sure. throw that thing in the drink. For sure. Um, after the shield was recovered, uh, the, like, technicians handling it dropped it on the bow of the ship, and it shattered. Like, actually shattered. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, I imagine I... that dude crapped his pants at that point. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get so fired. <laughs> <laughs> Captain America's gonna punch me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a bad day. Um, like, you've, you've spent months and, like, an untold amount of money financed by Tony Stark, like the yeah. Iron Man, to find his friend, Captain America's shield, the symbol, one of the symbols of America. You get it finally up on land after it's been lost in the bottom of yeah. the Atlantic yeah, Ocean. Yeah, I found it. We woo! found it, woo! And then it like slips out of your hands and explodes. <laughs> <laughs> I would just, at that point, I would just sweep it off the edge and be like, we still haven't found it, guys. I'm I sorry. would jump off the boat. <laughs> I live at sea now. Uh, I belong to the ocean. Uh, after studying the pieces of the shattered shield, Tony determined that the shield's molecular structure, which was already unique due to the strange alloy and its unknown bonding the process, yeah. yeah, yeah, had further changed somehow. <laughs> the ocean magic. Yeah. It's, it's all that deep, deep, dark ocean magic. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, and now with every blow the shield took, the vibranium in the alloy would absorb the shock and distribute it throughout the rest of the metal of the shield. So it was like dissolving itself with every hit it took. Oh, wow. And that was just the last straw. Yeah. Um, and instead of like vibranium, when it absorbs impacts, it casts it outward. Like you can see that in the Black Panther movie. Right. When T'Challa uh, is taking blows and then he redirects the vibrations outwards. Yeah, it's kind of a, no a staple of Black Panther's right. abilities nowadays. Yeah, yeah. And the vibranium does that. Um, but due to the, like, misaligning of the molecular structure of the shield, it was redirecting the vibration inward. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, which I actually really dig it when comics and stuff, like, especially the more bullshitty ones, oh, start yeah, getting yeah. more scientific. And, and, like, I don't know if it's, if it's like, actual feasible science. No, this, or is, if this, it's is, just, in, this is insane but, science. But, but I do enjoy it. I, I really do enjoy it. And it's about to get so much worse. Oh, boy. Because with every time, every time it would redirect that vibration inwards, the molecular flaw would get worse and worse, and the shield is was shattered when it dropped. Yeah. <clears throat> worse still, when the absorbed energy finally was released, because it was kind of just like an echo chamber of vibrations did it, at did this it point. Just explode. We'll get there. <laughs> oh no! It it ripped a hole in space time. Not quite that bad, but very close. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sent it sent that poor schmuck to the past. <laughs> no. 
Uh, but when that shock, when the vibrations were released, it would begin to affect nearby vibranium. Oh no! <laughs> uh, causing it to violently explode. Oh, that's probably like, that's not now good. When, now, when you say nearby, <laughs> it released a shockwave that began traveling the planet. Oops. Whoopsie dude. By uh, growing stronger by feeding off of smaller deposits of vibranium and moved towards Wakanda's Great Mount, mm. which is where their big stockpile of vibranium is. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> a ticking nuke. Yeah. Uh, if the shockwave reached the Great Mount uh, with the massive amount of vibranium there, it would shake apart the planet. Yeah, that does, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> Steve using the so, so, so this guy, this poor this poor, this poor dude man with the having the blew worst, up the planet almost the ever <laughs> slipped dropped the shield he's like oh man America and then like a few days later he's like oh oh no even worse so much worse uh-huh. <laughs> so Steve Rogers using the remaining pieces of his shield that he had taped together like literally taped together with like. Packaging tape and like oh that's so, that's it's not, a very sad looking that's shield. So that sad, point. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Although also symbolic, very symbolic. Anyway. Yes. Um, was prepared to reabsorb the shockwave into that shield, and instead of blowing up the planet, blow up himself. Basically, sacrificing that, himself to that sounds like a very Steve move. Yeah, yeah. Uh, however, Claw, the master of sound. This is the guy played by Andy Serkis in the Black Panther movie. I'm aware He's of He's very different in the comics. <laughs> like, I knew that. I, yeah. knew, I knew that for sure. I'm not overly familiar with his source material, well, so... He, he is a... Like, he was just a mercenary guy. Discovered that Wakanda had vibranium. Was like, I want that. That I can sell that for so much. Yeah. Uh, and while using an experimental sound-based weapon, blew himself the fuck up. Sure. And turned into sound. He's the uh, living sound wave. Oh, I, okay. That yeah, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's very weird. All right, like, he's then. a weird guy. Uh, he has a fucked up, crazy living sound body, so he absorbed the vibranium shockwave into his crazy sound body. All right, and that's went, probably bad for everybody, not him. Yeah, yeah, he went drunk with power. Yeah, and began like wailing on Steve. Sure. Steve used the cobbled together shield to block Claw's uh, sound wave, redirect it back on him, blow him up, and reabsorb the shockwave, which instead of blowing up the shield and Steve, fused the shield back together. Of course it did. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it was changed by contact with uh, Claw's crazy fucked up body. Okay. So, so it fixed so, the molecular flaw yeah, in the shield and uh-huh. rebonded the whole thing back together. Yeah, that, that tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's bullshit science, but it's kind of an interesting thing. It is an interesting thing. Especially that one technician who just had the worst day imaginable. Yeah, he's he was... <laughs> I feel very bad for that one dude. Yeah, like, I've been stressed at work. I get it, man. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> it like, I know how it feels when something happens that is beyond your control. It's not yeah. directly your fault. But you know you're going to be blamed for it. You <laughs> for know there's going to be planet. repercussions. <laughs> and, <clears throat> yeah, like, I've been there, my man. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next time the shield was damaged was with Thanos, just basically like it happened in the movie, where he's juiced up on the power of the Infinity Gauntlet and shatters the shield. Okay. In the comics, uh, Nebula steals the gauntlet from Thanos and undoes all of his actions, including, like, erasing half the population of the universe, and this included the destruction of the shield. 
Okay, convenient. Yeah, yeah. So that's the second time just the rewind button has been hit on the shield. Yeah, well, I imagine that's happened a number of times on other things, too. Right, right, so. right. Uh, the last time the shield was damaged, that I could find anyway, was during the Fear Itself event, which is when uh, the Asgardian god of fear, Cole Borson, was resurrected and dropped a bunch of spooky hammers on the planet. Mm-hmm. And this is when... Um, Juggernaut got a hammer. And, and Juggernaut got lit on fire by our, and, our boy. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> by Adam X. By our, our X-Nighter. Yep. <laughs> so it's during that event. Um, during the accumulation uh, of the entire event, um, Cole, like, hyped up on the collective fear of the entire planet, grabbed the shield and literally tore it apart above his head like it was made out of tissue paper. Oh, all right. Uh, after the event was finished, um, Tony Stark and a group of Nidavalarian dwarves reforged the shield using a patch of Uru metal, metal which is the stuff that Thor's hammer is made out of. Yeah. Uh, and forevermore, the shield would bear a scar down the middle of it, except an artist forgot to draw it. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. The, the shield was just better at that. It was right. it's it's a uh, it's a it's a scar you can only see in certain light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, while we think of the shield as definitely being Steve Rogers' weapon, um, there's been a few other people who have wielded the shield. I mean, again, those those who are like me, who are more in in tune with more in tune with the MCU over the comics would, right. would definitely know that at this point for sure. Yeah, yeah, because it was given, just like in the comics, Sam Wilson had it. But Bucky also had Bu- it at one Bucky point. Bucky Barnes had it at one point and a gun. <laughs> he was the gun-wielding Captain America. <laughs> uh, Wonder Man briefly had it. Sure. Because um, he needed to hunt down uh, Count Nefaria, the guy who is absolutely not a Dracula. <laughs> Uh, after Cap got the crap kicked out of him and was like, Wonder Man, take this shield and go finish the fight. <laughs> sure. Uh, John Walker had the shield briefly, who is the uh, guy who would become a U.S. agent when he was... He was fake Captain America. He was fake Captain America, yep. 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 Uh, Clint Barton had it briefly, Hawkeye. Sure. Because he was also temporary Captain America before he handed to Bucky and was like, I cannot do this. This is your <laughs> this is, thing. This is beyond me. Yeah. I uh, shoot real good, not throw real exactly, good. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> And then uh, Bobby Morse had it briefly. Who's Mockingbird. Okay, I was going to say, remind me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, also, there is have been a number of different shields that Cap, that Cap has used, um, other than just the typical round one. And he's had a number of varieties of that round one. His original shield was like a typical knight shaped shield like the sort of triangular one i think i've seen that yeah but it, he you know he couldn't throw it it was just a literal shield yeah because um stanley and jack kirby wanted the symbol uh their symbol of america to be a defender right right so he had an actual shield yeah um there was a like more recently he's had a replica version of that but it had an energy projector on the triangle part of the shield so it could either go a little longer and be a long shield, or you could project it out as like a projectile. Interesting. That one didn't last very long, but it's kind of an interesting variant. Yeah. There's been several replica shields that people have used. Um, they're usually painted a little different than Cap's actual shield. There's one that's hanging in the Marvel Universe version of the Smithsonian that has the colors like reversed. Okay. Which is very strange. Yeah. But... Uncanny, I'm sure. Yeah. While Cap was in the ice, there was a. Uh, Attempt of making a second Captain America, 
but since the super soldier forum uh, serum serum yeah, super soldier serum formula wasn't perfected it made the guy go bonkers and he had a shield that was off color as well to represent that he wasn't quite captain america yeah he, not not captain america yeah yeah <laughs> so that is cap shield let's take a look at what all this thing can do okay yeah getting more into the nitty gritty yeah. <clears throat> the shield is roughly 2.5 feet across and three inches thick uh, the bonding process that created the shield is unique throughout the universe. So, yeah, not, not replicated once in, no. in anywhere ever, period. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Molecule Man, who knows his shit because he's made of molecules. I'm, aren't we all, though? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's... <laughs> he's let me, let me just say, let me just say, uh, Molecule Man, uh, you're not unique, man. Yeah, but can <laughs> In you, this regard. Can you manipulate molecules? No, I can't. That's, that's what he see, can do. Okay, see, that's a little bit more yeah, impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he knows his molecules. <laughs> I am made of molecules. Bend to my will. Yeah. I am so, man-man. So made of men. <laughs> Where-man. 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 Okay. Um, and he, he said that while objects such as Mjolnir and the Silver Surfer's board were bonded in unique ways. There's also other stuff that was bonded like them. Like it's it's been replicated. Yeah, it's been done again. Um, Silver Surfer himself is made out of the same material as the surfboard. He is he is a replication of the right. Um, Stormbreaker was created using the same process that Mjolnir, Mjolnir was. was. Yeah. Sure, there is nothing in the universe like Cap Shield. Interesting. Cool. Very very unique. Yeah. Uh, perhaps because of its nearly mystical, mystical uniqueness. The shield has unparalleled aerodynamic properties, allowing it to rebound off of op objects with only minor drops in speed and concussive force. <laughs> Which is, yeah, that's, okay, that's bullshit, but also cool. Yeah, it, the way it just bounces off of stuff and then shield can catch it, or Steve can catch the shield. Right. Is possibly because it's magic, or partially magic. <laughs> partially, yeah. Uh, while the shield is indestructible, the or nearly indestructible as we've found out, the straps that keep it on the wielder's arm are not. Well, yeah, them is just leather. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which makes it basically the only weakness the shield has. Unless you want to make it unstable at a literally molecular level. That can, <laughs> that can, that can do it. That too. can do it. <clears throat> Due to its uh, vibranium and proto-adamantium alloy composition, the shield can absorb and redirect a massive amount of kinetic force. Which is why Steve doesn't get hammered into the ground like a tent pole when he's blocking blows from the, like Hulk, the Hulk and, and Thor and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it's because <laughs> otherwise, like the shield would be fine, but the the person holding the, the person shield shield would not be. <laughs> like, like, yeah, you you remember that scene in the first Avengers movie right. when Thor hits Captain America's shield and it goes, uh, yeah, it's 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 really cool looking. But Captain America's bones should have been turned to dust at that point, and he should so. be like ten feet underground. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of a necessary like secondary power for the shield to have. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very much so. <coughs> but that is Cap Shield and all the weird, cool things about it. Cool, yeah. Um, not nothing surprise. Nothing as surprising as some of the other. No, I just kind of decided to take a little light here. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely a more grounded episode so far. Um, considering we did talk about the Earth almost vibrating apart. I mean, well, <laughs> it's all relative in it comics. Is. It is. Okay, so let's create us up a shield then. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just going to go over to our first episode and copy-paste that and edit as we go. I figured that was also another one since it has been almost a year since we've done an episode. Let's do, you know, another well, an item. Yeah. Really iconic. Yeah. Uh, piece of gear from the, the Marvel Universe. 
All right, so um, let's come up with some names for this thing. First thing that jumps into my mind is molecular shield, but that also conjures some ideas that might not be accurate. <laughs> like um, a monomolecular shield, so when you throw it, it cuts people in half. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I, I, I'm thinking this should be legendary. Considering, oh, yeah, for sure. Considering all of that. So uh, can we think of a thing to name it? Like, um, I mean, most legendary items of other are, of course, either named or named after whoever right. owned them. Um, is there any way that we can pay homage to uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers, or maybe like like was it who who actually created Steve Rogers? Uh, Lee and Kirby. So, um, Lurby Shield. Lurby Shield. <laughs> <laughs> Kirby. Kirby. Mm. Um. The Shield of Stan and Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I like that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> The shield of Stan, uh, Stan and Jack, not Stand and Jack. Stand and Jack. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Actually, let's. I guess technically it would would have been uh, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, but. Well, let's see here. The shield of St- Stanley is definitely definitely put himself in that category too. Well, so. right, right. Uh, let's come up with something different. Um, it's kind of fun to look at old covers of the original Captain America comics because it's just him harassing Hitler. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like the first one is him just ducking just like decking hitler right in the face and second uh issue is him leaping through a window and shouting at hitler and <laughs> <laughs> the shield of jack lee okay <laughs> jack lee <laughs> there we go all right um think it's gonna require attunement mm, i don't know so um from a balance standpoint um i would think that like, like from a balance standpoint, if we require attunement, we can push how powerful it is. Whereas right. with a um, with a uh, a lack of attunement, we definitely need to pull the reins on how powerful it is. But that also does mean that we don't need to push it as much as I feel we might need to. So we'll come back to that. But I'm I'm honestly leaning towards no attunement. Okay. Um, let's see. So, circular shield. Can be thrown with a dex attack to deal. Um, what kind of damage output are we going to make this thing? Bludgeoning. Well, yeah, but what? What like? What's oh. the output of? Oh, what? <laughs> well, I mean, it can't be too much. So I'm thinking that mm-hmm. there's two ways I can do this. You can. I'm thinking that like you can just straight up target up to four creatures and throw the shield, and that they all have to be within a certain distance of each right. other, and it'll bounce between them and come back to you, or it can hit a target. Because if I, well, if I do it the the former way, then I either have to decide whether like you make one attack roll against all th- all of them, right, or one attack for each one, or I can do it where it hits the first target, and then if there's a, another target within like let's say ten feet of it, that target has to make a dexterity saving throw or be conked. or be conked. Okay, and every and as long as it, they keep failing, it keeps ricocheting. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. Okay, so let's do that. Um, uh, so here's another question. Uh huh. Um. I have it set to where, uh, yeah, if you hit if you hit a target, um, you can then choose an additional target within 10 feet of the first, and they have to succeed on a DC 16 dex saving throw, or they also take that damage. And then if they fail, you can choose a third target to do the same, mm-hmm. and you can keep repeating this until, the, until any target succeeds. Okay. You also can't choose the same target more than once. Right. So you can't bounce it back and forth infinitely. <laughs> Just kill somebody. Yeah, like that would be broken shit. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, there's two ways I can go with this. So we can do it where... 
at any point in time, obviously, you can just choose to have the tar- the shield return to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but what if a target succeeds? Like, that means that they, they dodge it out of the way. What if that means it can't return? Because it's not bouncing off of something to come back to you. I mean, it's going to hit something. That's fair. That's fair. So you it's think? Not, so you it's think that sail off into the horizon? Well, I mean, it could just land, though. Yeah. I was, but uh, I don't know. Maybe. So you're right. You're right. I, I think it, it's fine if it just hits a wall or the ground or something, and then ricochets okay, so, back to you. I think that's fine. All right. At this higher rarity, you, you don't want to just leave that stuff laying around. <laughs> yeah, that's fair, and especially since there's not a. Well, we don't know if there's going to be a uh, a requirement for attunement, but. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, I have, as an action, the tar- the shield can be thrown with a range of 30 feet uh, with a dex attack to deal 2d6 plus your dexterity and bludgeoning damage. If the attack hits, a chosen target within 10 feet of the first target must succeed on a DC 16 dexterity saving throw or also take 2d6 plus your dexterity bl- in bludgeoning damage, and then you can choose a third target to do the same. You can repeat this until a target either succeeds or until you've hit a total of four targets. Um, I put that last little bit in there so that, like, in six seconds, you can't just, like, wipe out an entire colony of kobolds <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, but you can't choose the same target more than once. Um, although, actually, with four targets, maybe I should take that part out. Yeah, I think I'm going to take that part out. But can't choose the same target twice in a row. Yeah. Yeah, you can't choose the same target twice in a row. Um, at any point of your choosing or after missing the first target or any subsequent target succeeds on their saving throws, the shield returns to you and magically re-equips. Because normally doffing or donning a shield takes an action. Right. Um, this will just magically, it just, ha- it comes back to you and you have it again. Um, let's see. So, there's that. Um, the shield is indestructible. <laughs> I'm wondering if we should, if we should do something with the absorb elements spell or if we want to kind of keep away from just D&D vernacular we could just do our own thing which might be a good idea mm-hmm. um well while uh using the shield you're immune to thunder damage I don't know if I want to no no it is legendary yeah okay sure and then I was trying to come up with a way of the redirection of energy like the oh yeah but um let's see what can we do with that all right, how about that? While wielding the shield, you are immune to thunder damage. Additionally, anytime you would take thunder damage, you can instead force a target within 15 feet of you to make a DC 16 constitution saving throw or take the damage that would have been done to you or half as much on a successful uh, uh, on a successful save. Okay. Dang. That way you're not just like cuz I was my instinct would be like to just have it happen in an an aura around you, mm-hmm. but that would hit your enemy, your allies too. So I don't really want dig that idea. And this is, you know, fantasy. Right. So it can be it can be directed to one person. Why not? Magic did it. Magic did it. That's right. Alrighty. Um and I think that having a range of thirty feet, which normal thrown objects are not nearly that long, mm-hmm. or like that much of a distance, uh kind of attribute it like helps kind of uh attribute the, the aerodynamicness yeah. of it. And then of course if even if then like you can hit one target and then ricochet another up to forty feet away or thirty feet yeah, away yeah. further from that and have it still return to you, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. So, so. you could get it out to what, hundred and twenty feet if everyone's standing exactly thirty feet apart? <laughs> no no no, sixty feet. It would be a total of sixty feet because okay. each tar each subsequent target has to be within oh, ten within feet. 10 feet. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So it'd be sixty feet away from you. But I mean for pretty. a throne object, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think I am going to up the damage, though. Okay. Because this is a legendary item. So, uh, maybe 4d6. Uh, that would be an average of 14 damage minus your... Without 
taking into account your dexterity. Right. Um, and again, for a legendary item. No, I think 46 is fine. I think 46 is fine. I mean, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an average of 14. And then, like, let's say you give this to your best dexterity user. Like, they're going to be dealing a 19 damage per for every four enemies, roughly. Right. Every turn. Like, that's pretty good. And with that being said, I think... Yeah, I don't think requiring attunement is is necessary here. Um, let's see, anything else that we need to do to this thing? Maybe we could give it like some sort of. Um, let, let's. I would like to incorporate the uh, the nature of the the symbolism on okay. the shield. So, like an inspiring kind of aspect to it. Um, like maybe it replicates the uh, what is that? The inspiring speech feat. Maybe or inspiring leadership, whatever that's called. Since this is a legendary item, I think I'm going to do... All right, so uh, an inspiring symbol. As an action, you can raise the shield up and issue a burst of inspiration to your allies while discouraging your enemies. Any creature friendly to you within 30 feet and can see the shield gains advantage on their next attack roll. Additionally, any creature hostile to you within 30 feet and can see the shield must make a DC 16 wisdom saving throw or gain disadvantage on their next attack roll. Any creature with an intelligence of six or below is immune to this effect. <laughs> so, all right, I think that that works mm-hmm. out pretty good. No, I like that. So, this is a pretty darn good shield. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's legendary. So, alrighty then. Um, anything else? Any other comments or? or no, I think I think we need you to nailed fix it. Fix on this. Cool. Well, with that, then, um, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you are. Uh, if you are uh, a Swamp Heap with our... <laughs> if you are subscribed to our Swamp Heap level on Patreon... <laughs> I was going to say, want to rephrase that? Yeah. If you are a Swamp, if you are a swamp Heap, <laughs> then I love you. We love you very much. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. And uh, I do apologize that this episode is uh, late. Well, we had some rough month. There were some technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah. Technical difficulties with sick... Sickness uh-huh. a technical difficulty? Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. Sickness. And then, of course, Wizards of the Coast BS. Uh, but we're through uh, it. We're, th- we're through the, the worst of that. Maybe. Um, <laughs> like, let's not. <laughs> well, for now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we uh, sorry for it being a little bit late. If you are not listening to this early, then do consider subscribing to our Patreon. Um, $5 a month for the uh, Swamp Heap level. And $1 a month for the Fur Buddy level. The, the Fur Buddy is just... It's just support at this point mm-hmm. right now. But Swamp People get you these episodes early, plus our entire back catalog of uh, all of our Critter Kibbles and everything else. So I'm, I guess it's I'm not going to... quite a bit at this point. It's quite a bit. But uh, thank you so much, and we will see you in a month. <laughs>